This is the Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge, where I cover or uncover some of the biggest coaching industry questions that many of us are asking so that we can get underneath what makes coaching work and where it might even go wrong for individuals and as an industry to help its reputation and worth grow well into the 22nd century to have even more impact. I hope you enjoy the series. I found myself over the years talking a lot more about lead generation. I didn't expect to be talking about that quite so much, but I realised that for a lot of us, lead generation isn't very simple, not just because we don't always know what to do. In fact, I would argue in the majority of cases and people and members of the community that I talk to, everyone knows what they could be doing. Everyone knows what maybe they should be doing, inverted commas, but we don't do it because we are fearful. We are scared. We're worried. We think maybe it won't work for us. So we don't even try it. And so the mindset of lead generation is actually where I end up talking to a lot of my clients when we first start working together, but also just in general. It's no point in sending out a seven step process to getting your next coaching client if you're not even going to act on it. But not even that, if you're not going to believe that it might be possible for you or if you don't feel that you're worthy of being able to get that next client. That's why mindset is really important. But I don't just want mindset on its own. We have to have the techniques to know what to do as well. So that's why it's really important to look at both. In this episode in particular, we're going to look at lead generation from the perspective of creating new audience members and moving them into becoming clients. What traditionally we might call the sales funnel, we're going to call it your customer journey, and some of the mindset blocks that we can go through in that process right from start to the end. So I hope you enjoy it. There'll be lots to take notes on. I recommend pausing and playing and taking notes um, and obviously taking action. Hey, welcome to episode 16 of Coaching Uncovered podcast. I'm Emily Hodge and I am looking forward to sharing my lead generation mindset thoughts with you, but they're not just thoughts. You're going to be able to take notes and make some changes in your own business if you are at the stage where you're a couple or far more years in to your coaching business and you are looking to generate leads in a slightly different way, a way that you either haven't tried before or a way that you want to be much more consistent with. So what I'm going to cover today is looking at why you want to be looking at lead generation, why you don't, and I'm going to walk you through the process of moving our audience from that traditional cold to warm person to then buying and all the mindset blocks that we can have along the way, including right at the start about why we should even be looking at lead generation. So let's start there. You probably have a friend or colleague or someone in your audience that you know of who is talking or has talked about having gotten clients through really easy methods like not making any effort and reaching their first 10k or simply getting word of mouth referrals and having a high turnover or not having a website and being able to keep up to date with client referrals and sales stories thereof now I don't think that your friend isn't telling the truth and I applaud them but if and when that isn't you you can be left feeling that you're doing something wrong and that you're not quite in the right 
space. And sometimes you can even think I'm doing way too much compared to what that person has just told me they do. So there's a number of things you can do with that information. Because it's quite an outlier piece of information, i.e. it doesn't happen every day and it's not very common, it tends to stick out. So we tend to hold on to that information, not just because it sticks out, but because it's quite attractive. So we walk around thinking, I should be able to do the same thing. I should be able to have my first 10k by having no you know, no effort. I should be able to get word of mouth referrals and make a really, really good uh, substance from my business. I should be able to not have to run a website and run my business really well. Instead of saying that, we could be saying, I might be able to do that and I might want to try it. But in fact, the way I run my business is how I want to run it. And I do have a website or I do have a system by which I want to get clients or I don't just work on word of mouth. And I used to, but I realized it was really inconsistent. So that's one of the first things I want you to do is to release yourself from thinking that you should be like that one person who has done that. And instead, think about the way that you want to be running your business. Not only do you not know enough about what your friend or colleague has told you to really understand it fully, you also know that you have probably different goals and different visions and different values and different dreams and different targets than your friend or colleague. We do because we're different people. You also may have a very different business, in which case don't compare anything to what they're doing. So the mindset piece here is not thinking from the outset that you're a failure because you need to do a different version of lead generation and not just a different version but a strategic version. People who do it off the cuff or without plans or without you know always knowing where the next person might come from there's nothing wrong with it but it is different to doing it strategically so please know that it doesn't make you any less of a business person that you are doing it differently. The second thing to say is lead generation can come across as quite business-like or a bit dry. And if I tell you, you need to start lead generating, generating leads, it's like, it doesn't mean anything, does it? It doesn't feel like it resonates, not really with me or the way I talk or my kind of client either. And so change what we think about as lead generation. Not only are you probably lead generating already, even if you don't really think you are officially you're probably doing it by letting people know that you have this business or you know way more advanced than that you're writing an email to your email list you're sharing stuff on social media you're doing call out posts that's lead generation but the strategic way is to make sure we're doing it consistently and with high quality so that we're getting the right people into our customer journey so that the right people go through it and come out of it as our client Essentially, though, one of the mindset shifts that we need to take in this process is I shouldn't be having to do lead generation. And my ego told me that a little while ago when I found myself in this strange situation of my reflection on my business thinking, I've been in this long enough. Why am I why am I doing lead generation? You know, why am I on this platform? Why am I spending time doing this? I've already done this is where my mind was going. Not only did I give myself a nice, kind talking to, I also think it's endemic of what we're seeing with the online world. So I honestly can tell you that there are very few people who are running a version of a business or a business and a brand, I would say, who don't need to 
generate leads. A brand, and when I thought about examples around this, I was thinking about influencers. So influencers usually have brands um, that they then might sell something with, right? And I was going to say, even influencers need to generate leads, but huge influencers maybe don't generate need to actively generate as many leads as they used to because algorithms and their audience does it for them. But even then I was thinking, yes, but followers don't equal business and numbers and money. So actually, even influencers have to be really careful in what they're generating. Um, So they might get really warm audiences, but people who don't buy from them. You don't necessarily want numbers. You want really high quality people coming into your sphere of influence, engaging with what you do and enjoying it so much that that some of them and hopefully lots, but some are enough of them become your clients for whatever program or system or process you're selling them. So essentially, I really want you to get over yourself. Like that's what I told myself. Get over yourself, Emily. You do need to generate leads, however long you've been doing this for. And the generating leads really starts with that customer journey at the start. Like usually new people who come into our, like I said, sphere of influence. But it doesn't always have to be new people. It can be existing people in our audience who then come into um, a process that we're allowing them to go through to become more of a formal audience member, more of a, more of a person who will warm up to be a client. And that can come from completely new people or it can come from existing people who are just kind of in our you know, audience but then realise, oh yeah, I do want to sign up to that free thing that you're doing or I do want to come to a call or I do want to buy that lower level product or I do want you to be your um, you to be my coach right now so let's look at the customer journey from the cold to the warm people and look at the mindset blocks that we can have on each stage and how you can manage to adjust that for yourself to keep going and make this a consistent process that you pick up that you use and that you're really happy and at ease with using so you get great leads for your coaching business the first level of somebody becoming aware of what we do is usually where they are uh, referred to as a cold client so it might be someone who has just found us on our biggest social media platform it might be someone who's just been referred to us and they come to our social media it might be someone who's listened to us on a podcast and then they find us online usually they're quite new to us they don't know us very well at all um, but they're interested in something about what we do so they kind of go from cold to like like a level zero to one, I would say on a scale of zero to five, if cold is zero and very, very hot is five. They must be interested in something, but they don't know enough about us yet to buy something. So the mindset issues that we can have with finding these people or them coming into our sphere of influence, and particularly us finding them. So if we are trying to connect with new people on Instagram and we use a hashtag that we know is popular for our clients and we start liking and commenting on their posts and we follow them as a new follower. The things we can do when we do that kind of action, which is the beginning of a lead generation process, is that we can think, well, I can't connect with new people. They'll think I'm really spammy. Uh, they'll think that I'm spamming them if I just go and like and comment on their posts and they don't know who I am. Well, guess what? Social media is really there for that purpose. Unless someone's got a private account and it's nothing to do with business, social media is there and you are a business owner to connect with the right type of person on it. And by the way, just check out if that doesn't resonate with you, then you want to go all the way back to looking at the reason why you're on that platform anyway. If you're on there for personal reasons and it's nothing to do with your business, then A, this isn't relevant to you anyway, but B, 
use another platform for your business. So I can't connect with new people that think I'm spammy. In all honesty, they'll only think you're spammy if you use spammy techniques. So if you use stuff that feels like it's really not you and it's also kind of generating really high numbers really quickly, that is going to be spammy, that gets noticed by algorithms and it's not genuine. Whereas if you find people in a hashtag that you really like, that resonates with you, who are saying stuff that you love or, or that you don't love but it's really thought-provoking, liking and commenting on that is only a good thing. That only shows that you genuinely care and are interested or want to find out more. Instead of thinking, actually, they'll think I'm spammy, guess what they think as well? Oh, that's really nice. Someone I don't know has said something. Now, of course, you can take that to the nth degree. Do you do that on accounts that have got 4 million followers? It's up to you, but you'll find plenty of other accounts that are a bit smaller and much, much smaller that you know could have more of an impact if you made a comment or a like. A genuine, honest comment and like as well. So they'll think I'm spammy. No, they won't. They'll be pleased if, as long as you're not using spammy techniques. The second thing you might think is, well, I won't keep finding new people like this. Like this, this is, this is not infinite. Well, sure, you go ahead and try and finish the matrix. You may as well try a technique like that. I don't say this is the only thing you should use, but you could try it and see what it's like. And I don't mean do it all day every day because that's where we get stuck with lead generation thinking whoa I don't have time to do it I'm servicing my clients you might be but if you can put aside at least 10 minutes every workday, I would say that is the minimum that you want to be doing if you can strategically have about an hour each workday, that's going to be amazing and look I'm strapped for workday time myself so I don't do that all the time and I don't do it every workday. it's up to you but if you consider that lead generation really becomes a main part of your business as well as healthily and with quality serving your clients then you are on to a win so even if you think well this technique won't last forever maybe it won't but if it lasts for however long you're using it and you enjoy it then I would say go ahead with it and the third thing we might think when we're thinking about connecting with new people to bring them into our audience so they they may be found us sure but we are also maybe reaching out to them, like I said, with a, an active technique, like liking, commenting and following big accounts that we like and following their followers in a genuine way, not follow for unfollow, but a, oh, look, these people really like the things I like. Your mindset can think, I shouldn't be having to do this. I shouldn't be having to reach out to people. They should be finding me by now. My account should be bigger anyway. And you know where that can go, carrying it on. But thinking, I don't have to do, why am I doing lead generation? Why am I even doing this? But I really want you to reconsider that way of thinking. Because as, not just as your any account grows or as your authority grows or as your expertise grows, people will find you. It's not just that. That is true, but it's not just that. In fact, if you're reaching out to people as well, you're showing an active, genuine ability and desire to connect and if that person is a human that you're going to connect with in the end, if they see and feel that when you reach out to them, that has a real power about it. So yes, more people might find and follow you and you may believe and feel that you shouldn't have to be having to reach out to people. But if you spend some time each workday, like I said, doing this, you're actually feeling really empowered and you're bringing another way of doing your lead generation to yourself. You're spending time in outreach rather than always inbound. If you don't need leads, 
there is no reason to do this. So again, go back to why am I doing this? Do I need the leads? Do I need to be building my community right now? If you're questioning, you know, I don't actually need that right now, then don't do this. But don't let mindset blocks that you might have about each stage of lead generation stop you from doing it if you do actually need it. So don't think, oh, I shouldn't have to be doing this, my account's big enough, or I don't have to do this, why are people not coming to me? That's only, that's a really fixed mindset, it's quite negative. Um, So flip it into something that's way more positive and empowering and fun. So you think, even though I have enough leads, I want to still do this. Or even though my audience is constantly growing, I actually really like reaching out to people. And by the way, the techniques I'm sharing here are examples as I'm littering them through. The other way you might have been getting new leads, people to come and like your page or you know, follow you on Instagram or connect with you on LinkedIn, you might have used ads for that, for example. That's another way of you reaching out. It's just a sort of more mass market way. It's less personalized, obviously, because it's an advert to more people, but they might be coming to you inwards. You still might want to do some manual outbound lead generation because you know it helps you to stay connected to your potential new client as well. So I hope that's useful in a bit of explanation. The next level I'm going to put all together really as people who are becoming warmer to you. So an example might be they have followed you on Instagram and then they have signed up to your email list and they're reading your emails or they have found you on another platform they maybe DM'd you and said, I loved, I loved hearing you on that podcast. Um, I see that you've got a masterclass. I think I'd like to join. It's that, it's that sort of middle level of not always just having found you, although they might have done, but they're, they're in identifying themselves as someone who would like to hear a bit more from you. They haven't yet become a client. This level, it, it varies so much in determine, depending on what you're offering. So I'm not going to go too specific because your business model will be different to someone else's. But where our mind can get stuck in this bit is sometimes with feeling, maybe believing that people who have been kind of warm to us for a while are stuck there. So we can become quite negative with that, which is not just there's lots of people who've been on my list for three years and they never bought anything, but maybe also the next level of it, which is why are people not buying from me and why are they asking stuff that I only give to paid clients? That might be when somebody's joined a Facebook group, for example, and they're asking you lots of questions or um, you've offered a freebie and they're emailing back with lots of questions about it. Th- those are examples, very specific ones, just examples. Your mind can go to a place where you think, well, hang on a minute, I am now going to spend time investing in this person. Should I be moving them into more of a kind of client process so that they're paid? Or is this lead generation? Is this me warming them up, supporting them, of course? And I don't mean it in a cynical way, like, Meh, can I get my money, my hands on them for their money? But If you have to be able to take control here, because our audience don't necessarily know what our boundaries are and they don't necessarily know what we're willing to offer. And it's not really their fault that they don't know that if we haven't made it clear for them. So your mind here on the lead generation process can think, why are they not quickly moving to a client? Like, why why are they staying in my Facebook group for three years and enjoying themselves? Or why are all these 
thousands of people on my email who have never bought for me. Actually, instead of thinking about it like that, we want to go into a much more less fixed mindset, much more of a growth mindset, but also one that allows us to see that all of these people are potential for so many different things for us. They may not become a client. They may become a collaborator, a different kind of fan in another way. They may refer their friend, their colleague, their team to you. They may be someone who funds something that you do in the future, maybe offer money for charity that you're you know, raising money for. There's all sorts of ways that people may not be clients, but they may be something else to us. And so if you find yourself thinking that, then again, move yourself away from that mindset quickly and never forget that people make decisions in all sorts of different ways. So you think, well, I've invested this time in reaching out to all these people. Like, why are they not becoming clients yet? Instead of thinking of it like that, remember your big why for your business and go back to your center and think about these people are here because I told them I could support them in some way. So let me offer that as well and have boundaries If somebody is asking you lots of questions that only you would answer for a client or if somebody is taking up lots of your time in a group that it might be helpful to other people, but it also may not be useful because you can't get to the bottom of their issue without talking to them personally. Only you can decide what to do about that. You have the power to do something, but you have to act on it, which is to email them back personally and saying, we're now moving into territory that I generally would only do stuff with clients with. Do you want to have a chat about how I could help you on a more formal process? Again, in the group, you could have boundaries about group uh, questions and how often you answer them and how many minutes you'll go into with them. It just helps sometimes. You can take away boundaries completely if you want and you can test things out, but having them also is very useful and, and it usually means that people understand the behaviours that they can, the confines within which they can ask you stuff or get support from you. So this middle bit of lead generation is it could be along a range of activities that you're doing, depending on how how long your lead generation process is moving from customers from being reasonably cold to kind of warmer about to buy from you. But you have the power to help them be clearer on how you can help them in this process. Usually, not always, this stuff in here is maybe free. So it's your time or it's a free mini series or it's a download that you've given them or it's a free Facebook group or it's a free masterclass. Maybe there's a low level product in there if you have that. Doesn't always have to be the case, but that's just an example. But you get to decide how you help people move from becoming a cold to a warm prospect to then moving them into that next level. And you have to work out whether you're actually burning out from doing too much of that middle bit of lead generation, like getting all the freebies and not moving into Uh, paying customers and you get to work out what percentage you need to move to paying to keep you going to keep a healthy profit and to be able to keep going with the free stuff and again you can share that with your clients if it's appropriate without it being guys you're asking for too much free stuff um you know change the way that you think about it and turn it around into in order to keep this going um you know i'm now selling a part of this process and it will cost this people like honesty and genuineness and authenticity rather than uh, cloak and daggers stuff so they will listen and respond as much as you uh, give them as much information then for this example i'm moving right through to a person becoming a paid client about to become a paid client the mindset block we can go through here there's a few depending on what you're using 
to help someone become your client. So you might have invited people to a sales call and then hold that call obviously live with them and then have a closing statement or process which is usually leads to payment. So the mindset block we can go through here is a little bit like the one I said at the start where you may have gotten yourself into a place where you think, why am I holding sales calls? You know, I, I shouldn't be spending my time doing sales calls. Um, well, firstly, you get to decide if, for example, a sales call is the right thing for you to be doing. Um, very traditionally in coaching, you will have seen probably that higher level, higher ticket coaching programs, one-to-one or maybe mastermind or, you know, group processes that are a bit more expensive are often um, closed, let's say, using sales calls because they're more expensive. And so you need to know you resonate with the person coming on and the coach that you might be working with. Mid to mid-range products or services may not need a sales call, but they usually need a pretty good sales page or something that lets the client know that you have authority in this space to spend a certain amount of money in the sort of thousands-ish, low, low thousands, maybe £500 to £1,500. Anything above that, generally, very traditionally, people like to have a call. Again, these are just very loose, broad brushstroke kind of ranges. Things will vary between this, but this is what you may see. And anything lower, lower than that, generally you wouldn't necessarily have a call. But it depends. Depends what the product or service is. Depends how you work. Depends how you know your clients like to work. So if you're thinking about going on calls, you might think, oh, but I don't have, you know, I don't have time for this anymore. Again, what is it in you that might be thinking that? Because that that smacks of arrogance, if if you ask me. And it also kind of suggests that you're not willing to spend time with a client. I don't mean that everyone has to have sales calls. I know quite a few people who don't and I really resonate with them and they're brilliant. They care about their clients. What I do mean is do the thing that really suits you and get support to do the thing that really suits you. But um, don't try and do something and then resent it and feel like it's the only thing you should be doing. Because that's just a surefire way to not keep your coaching business happy for you. You might keep it running, but you probably won't keep it happy for you. So the mindset here is, well, I shouldn't have to be doing a sales call. Well, maybe you shouldn't, but maybe you could try it another way. Or maybe you could take a break and look at how you're going to be getting that client on the call. Because equally, if you feel like you shouldn't have to be doing sales calls, like people, these people should just come to me, like I said, right at the start. Um, Again, I think we're getting a bit mixed up there with attention versus money and profit. And, you know, fans and audience doesn't always equal your bottom line. So you have to be really careful at what you're expecting versus what might be actually happening. And looking at your process, like where are you losing people from becoming part of your audience to your fan, to, you know, someone who's about to buy, to then who's someone who doesn't. So your mindset about sales and that final bit really of getting someone to be your client needs to be really solid and not in a fake way, but in a way that assures that person that you know what you're doing, that you can hold space for them if that's the kind of coaching you do, but also that you care about them. People just, we all just want to be slightly cared about, don't we? And yes, we all want to have attention shared to us, even if that's in a page of copy or if it's in a live talk with someone, it's attention that we usually want. So the other mindset thing that can come up around the final bit of your customer journey, again, if we're calling it that, is 
this idea of your mind playing tricks on you, particularly in, in any sales call that you might have. It might also play tricks with you if you're writing a sales page as well. When you go to write that final bit of like pay now, buy now, um, we can be left feeling it could be sleazy, it could be icky, it could be not spammy because we've sort of gotten over that bit maybe where we felt like we were spamming people with our message, which we're not going to do. But we might just feel, oh, you know, does this sit right with me? I've had plenty of clients who will come up with their program price and we'll look at it strategically and logically and we'll look at it very heart-led as well and intuitively. We'll, we'll land on a price and then they'll go away and either practice it or look at it again and it just doesn't feel right. So, that can happen and we just want to check out is it is it um, something in us that's not believing we are worth that is it something about the way it looks on the page is it my client won't want that it's too cheap for them or it's way too expensive for them so the mindset block we can have right at the end of that lead generation process is about oh this doesn't sit right maybe it's the money or maybe it's the oh it's the buy now bit Behind that is probably quite a bit that we can just work through in a sense of releasing ourselves from pressure. So when we usually overthink this stuff, I work with a lot of overthinkers. I love you. I'm one. We overthink a lot about what our client, our potential, very warm potential client might be thinking. And we don't know the answer to it until we try. So right from the start of lead generation, a lot of this is can we just try? Can we just go with this? Trust the process in enough of a sense to action it, but don't trust it so much that you lose yourself and you lose your values. There's the balance and that's tough, but trust yourself that you came up with that number or that this was the right program for you to be selling or that this was the right way for this person to get the help that they need, to learn to trust yourself more in any lead generation process. Because if you've walked, if you've taken someone from this initial, they found you, they liked you, they've joined something of yours, they've come to a freebie and then they're really interested and they want to speak to you you don't really want to fail them at that last moment which is you know they fall off because they didn't feel you were confident or there was no buy now button (laughs) or the money was um, way too cheap and it wouldn't have motivated them to do the thing they needed to do so your lead generation process happens right through the whole of your business, which I absolutely love. And it makes it sound scary, but it's actually really nice because we're, we're leading someone to become our really, really good client, right? And the final thing we might think at the end of this process of someone maybe about to be becoming our client is, can I really service them? Can I live up to their expectation? And I'll go back to what I said just now. If we've developed a program we're out there we're sharing our stuff we're sharing our expertise and people are finding us and we are finding them we are generating leads and we're also lead generating that very final bit is where you want to hold steady of yes there's a reason why I'm offering all this there's a reason why I'm on Instagram however many hours it is a week there's a reason why I'm sending these emails to my email list there's a reason why I'm on LinkedIn There's a reason why I'm doing those podcast guesting slots. There's a reason why I'm running this podcast. It's because ultimately that thing at the end is the confirmation that this person needs you. Now, if I'm 
talking to you and you're thinking, no, it's not, it's just to build an audience and it's not to have people buy from me, then, you know, fine, that's not what you're doing at the end. It's not totally not the right episode for you, but it's not the thing that you're trying to do at the end. But you're ultimately leading them to something. And maybe it's buy your book, maybe it's, you know, get 10,000 followers so you can write a book. It's something. And so don't lose sight and lose confidence at the end where you want to be able to service and help that person. So you can still run your program, so you can still write your book, so you can still show up on the platforms where you are generating leads. That's it for my essay today on generating leads for your coaching business. I hope you've enjoyed it and you've taken notes and you're going to action some or parts of it, even all of it, so that you can see where your mindset could help you to generate leads so much easier and with more freedom to generate then, yes, more income for your coaching business too. I'll see you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge. To find more episodes, find me over on Instagram at gentle underscore life underscore mindful underscore business, where I share each episode as they're launched and hear your comments too. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Acast also. Have a great day.